they may not all be the same, right? Yeah. They may not fit our process to a T. That's okay. Let's find the people that are going to succeed and prioritize people over the process. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, which means this is our hashtag one big idea episode. In these episodes, you'll hear some of the best big ideas from incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go. Sangam here. Welcome to the Flip My Fault Podcast. Another episode with another amazing person, Andy Paul. Andy and I have been, I think, the internet friends of, uh, you know, it, for many. And then I met Andy uh, two years ago at Dreamforce in person yes. with Jocko. And it was, it was just fun chatting. He's an author. He just started Sales House. I'm going to talk about that. He's one of the very few people I know of that I can say, I know this person who has over 150,000 LinkedIn followers. I feel like <laughs> he's LinkedIn famous. He's an author and he has an Accelerate podcast. So a, lot, a man has done so many things in the sales world. So we're going to talk about the new reality of a salesperson. So Andy, welcome to the show. Well, Sagram, thanks for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, man, it's, it's fun. So as always, we like to start with something fun, a fun fact about yourself. So mm. there's something you want to share. A fun fact about me. Uh, I don't know. Gosh. <laughs> what, what's fun, what's fun about me? Well, I, I like telling the story about how after my first sales training class that they wanted to fire me because yeah. they considered, and this is sort of, <laughs> I think sort of emblematic of some of the problem we have in sales is, is they thought I was too analytical. And yeah. at that time in sales, there was sort of a priority put on sort of the stereotypical sales behaviors. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. You know, the hail fellow, well met type things. And um, yeah, the, I've working for a big company and the sales trainers, a big company just couldn't wrap their head around the fact that, you know, I wasn't that way. It's turned out okay. <laughs> they gave me a chance. Yeah. But, you know, it's this whole idea of, of judging people just you know, sort of superficially as opposed to, which we do with our buyers, we do with prospective new hires and so on is instead of really saying, okay, everybody fitting, you know, in their niche is let's, let's find people that can really make a contribution to what we're trying to do. And they may not all be the same, right? Yeah. They may not fit our process to a T. That's okay. Let's find the people that are going to succeed and prioritize people over the process. I love that, man. So let's just talk about sales house, right? You know, you launched sure. that recently, what, what, two months ago? Sure. We launched in August. And so it's the sales house is, is we call it a sales learning accelerator. And what we're trying to do is, is provide people with as many different perspectives about sales, selling, buying, buyers, human psychology, the science of selling, science, brain science, whatever that we think that people would benefit and value from, from learning mm. to help them just get a little bit smarter about sales. Because I, I think the difference between winning and losing is slight. Right. I mean, I, I'll ask this question with, with groups I'm speaking to is say, okay, so tell me how much did you win your last deal by? Yeah. You know, were you, you went by 10%, you went by 15%. Well, you can't quantify it, right? You have no way of knowing. So assume that's just, you just have to be 1% better yeah. than the next person. 1% smarter, 1% better. Well, how do you become 1% better? And for me, the answer has always been throughout my career, which spans over four decades now in sales. And being really at the leading edge of you know, technology at every step of the way is constantly learning, constantly learning. And I tell people, I've, as you said, I have a podcast, Accelerate. We've got close to 700 episodes that we've, we've published so far. 
And I tell people this is this is the most selfish thing I've ever done because I, I get to talk with 700 really smart people and I got smarter as a result. It helped me even after you know being in sales for four decades, I'm still getting smarter about it every, every single day. It's something I'm learning. And this is that mindset I think people in sales need to have as they look forward in their career is what am I learning today that's going to help me get better? What's going to, what am I learning today that's going to help me serve my customers better? Yeah, I, I love that. And I would agree. I think I've shared this sometime earlier in the podcast that I actually don't even care if anybody downloads the podcast. <laughs> and it sounds so dumb to say it on a podcast. And I'm sure people are like, oh yeah, really? Because look, we're not getting email addresses of people on the podcast or no. anything. It's not like we're marketing to people. It's actually the most... It's the craziest thing to do as a market. It has no ROI in a traditional sense yes. of, of marketing and sales. But the relationships that I'm building, the mm-hmm. conversations that I'm having, the, the insights that I'm learning, as you said, I look at this as a learning exercise. And then I'm able to use this content, put it on LinkedIn and other places to, to really turn this into a flywheel where other people can learn. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's just so much more value. And this has become one of the most fun things that I've done in the last, I think, four or five years. So I, I love it. Oh yeah. I, I look forward to doing it all the time. And, and again, it's just meeting somebody new, learning a new perspective, seeing what I can pull out of the conversation that is valuable for the listeners as well as for myself. See, before we started to record, you said something that I thought we need to dive okay. around. You said around, Hey, when, when you were kind of in your early sales career, you were, you thought that there was this mentality of people over process and Lately, what you're seeing in the market is there's a process over people. Can you expand that on a little bit? Yeah, well, I think that we see in certain segments of certain of companies that I, I work with and CEOs that I talk to, and you know, I talk to hundreds of CEOs a year, is that you know, maybe it's because we think we're being enabled to do this through the tools and technologies we can, we can apply in sales. We've got this you know, golden age of sales, so to speak, going on with all these you know, great new technologies coming in is that they provide us data. And we think the data is a substitute for, I think, for actually getting in and managing people, coaching people, mentoring people. And so we use this data to quote unquote coach. And, you know, the conventional definition of coaching when it comes to employee development wasn't really meant to be tactical. You know, if you look at the best, well, my opinion, the best book ever written about the subject is a book called The Coaching Habit, written by a gentleman named Michael Bungay Stanier. And Short little book, but just incredibly full of insight. But it really describes sort of the ideal way that you coach someone. And, but when you look at it, it's, it's not the way most managers, sales leaders look at coaching. You know, they think right now, today, they look at coaching as being something you do that's very tactical, right? How do I coach this deal that you're working on, this opportunity you're working on? You know, how do I coach you on this skill? And it's not about how do I develop you as a person to become the best version of yourself? Uh, and that's... This is the part that's, that's missing. And I've, I've sat at conferences. I, I've written about this recently where a, a CRO of a, I won't name names, but a relatively well-known SaaS company said, look, we don't do one-on-ones anymore mm. because they don't work. I'm like, well, so I think to myself in the audience, well, they don't work. Why? Right. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of reasons that don't work. I think you're the reason they don't work. Right. <laughs> and so you know, they've, and that, this is not really unusual. You know, companies, I hear this more and more frequently as we do less and less of the one-on-ones. And, but the purpose mm-hmm. of one-on-ones is not to, you know, go through somebody's pipeline. It's yeah. to say, well, hey, how can I help you? Yeah. Right? What, what do you need? You know, what are the challenges you're facing? How can I help you achieve what you want to achieve in your career? Not just 
how do we make our number this month? Yeah. And I know, you know, I wonder, is this in some ways an indication of like, how much are we on this age of like, we have to grow by X percent every single month, every single quarter, every single year, which essentially turns from top to all the way to the sales leader to say, oh, shoot, I, we have to have X many demos, X many pipeline, X much revenue and all that stuff. How much do you think is the pressure that we are putting on ourselves that is not necessarily the way to do it? Well, I think a, a huge factor in it, right? But along with that, though, is, and this gets to the point I was talking before about being the best version of yourself, is that we have these standards we're using for, let's say, you know, pipeline development yeah. that encourage a type of behavior that, that I think is bad and unsustainable. So if we're saying, look, we need to have yeah, X number of calls to generate X number of demos. Okay, fine. Everybody, there's, there is a ratio at some point. That everybody has a ratio. What we're saying now is that everybody has the same ratio. Mm. And you know, I'll talk to CROs and say, okay, well, what's your growth plan for this year? And they'll lay this out and they're talking about, oh, they need 5X pipeline coverage and that's going to yield a 20% close rate out of the pipeline. And I said, well, instead of doing that, right? Instead of saying, look, we're going to invest at the top of funnel and we're going to then hire all these SDRs to help go through the, the leads and so on. It's like, why don't we just increase our close rate to 21% from 20 and then 22 and 23 and 24 and 25. And it just doesn't occur to people. Yeah. So yeah, we're saying is we've got this process. Oh, this process works. Well, yeah, it's working. Sure. But it's, it's not infinitely scalable and it's really not very effective. You are so right, man. I, this is reminding me of the days when I was at Salesforce where, and again, nothing against Salesforce. Again, it's a machine as well. Right. right. Um, and I remember to, generate about 3,000 leads when I was at Pardot. And in the next conversation I, I had, I was we like, we beat all the records at that time of number of leads was our goal. That's how I was measured. That's mm-hmm. how my bonus was at that time. So I remember getting 3,000 leads and the next conversation was, that was awesome, but can we get 4,000 leads now? Sure. I'm like, yeah, like, okay, well, where is this going to stop? And, and there are not that many people really, truly looking for this stuff. Exactly. So, right. So at some point, you got to be yeah. better at what you do. Exactly. It's not a matter of just doing more. You got to be better at it. And it's, you have to look at it in the piece parts. And for me, again, this is, is what's missing in so many sales leaders these days because they're sort of wedded to the tools, wedded to the data. And again, we all have our ratios. I'm not saying we don't have ratios, but you know, in my career, I was selling, for the most part, I was selling really expensive stuff, you know, millions of dollars, large deals to large companies. But I had, you know, 1.5 pipeline coverage. I didn't have 5X pipeline coverage. I mean, if I had a prospect, <laughs> they had to close, right? And that's sort of my definition of a qualified prospect is they were A, they were going to make a decision and B, they were going to buy from me. But we've sort of gotten away from that rigor about qualification. We're trying to bring some of that in. And you know, we talk about it in depth in the sales house. We have some courses about it. Is how do you truly qualify a prospect? I would tell people that if they really were qualifying prospects the way they should, you wouldn't have 5X pipeline coverage. Because you're not dealing with that many qualified prospects at one time. It's typically what I've seen is, is the spreadsheet that starts from the CFO of like, hey, here's what we need to go to the C- CEO and then also the CRO. And then it's so easy to like just keep changing those mm-hmm. small numbers of like, oh, let's just change this to like 22 to 23 and what happens. And it, it's such a model driven thing because the people who are actually doing the work and the people who are actually looking at the spreadsheets, they just live in lifetimes, two different worlds. Well, it's self-fulfilling. Yeah. Right. So if you're saying, look, 
we're going to put together our model and this is a model through our spreadsheets and oh, you need 5X pipeline coverage. What you're telling someone is we don't care about the quality of the prospect that's in the yeah. pipeline. You just need to have 5X. And again, to my way of thinking and the way that I've grown sales teams in venture funded companies, that's not the way you do it. I love that. All right. So let me ask you about TAN, total addressable market. <laughs> I feel like this is something that I've been harping on a little bit. I'm super curious to get your thoughts on it. All right. I feel that we in marketing and sales have no idea whatever TAM is in most companies that I'm, I'm talking to or listening to. They have no idea of how many companies, how many customers we truly can have. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, and I remember this, me doing this thing at, you know, when we were raising money from term, like the venture fund, right? When we were raising money in the very, very early days, when we had no idea, we were like, you know, 50 customers, we just right. like new kids on the block, right? So at that time, we would go to investors and say, hey, look, look at the B2B marketing automation world. That's a $5 billion market. Our market size is $5 billion, So we can have 10,000 customers. Right. And now when I look at it, I'm like, well, that's not true at all. Like, that's like just the overall people that... <laughs> Now that you've got your money. Yeah, right. Now we're like, oh, you actually can only sell to this vertical industry in this segment at this price point where they have certain things. And all of a sudden, the TAM goes from being 10,000, 50,000 companies to like, oh, no, we actually can sell to only 2,000 companies this year. Mm-hmm. And, and truly, if we only have 2,000 companies to sell to, we can't really mess up this whole formula of 5x5, but it just doesn't work. Right. And I wonder... Me going through this exercise, like every time I've asked anybody in sales and marketing, I'm like, hey, do you know how many companies you can actually sell to today? And they have no idea. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, and for the reason we talked about before, when I gave the example of just, hey, we're just going to invest on top of funnel and then hire a number of SDRs. That's completely unmindful of how many companies they can actually sell to. Because, yeah, these markets aren't infinitely scalable, right? There's even Salesforce selling to a very large market. It's not infinitely scalable. So... Yeah, I'd say most companies, especially if trying to raise money, they're not, they're not really as aware of it as they should be. Yeah. But again, I, I came from background I am because I worked in an industry where at one point, I think I counted I had 300 potential customers in the world. You know, I saw satellite communication systems. There just weren't that many companies. You're not going to mess up on your communication. You, every one of them is like gold for you. Everyone was gold if they were qualified. And not then only just every customer was gold. And something that I've been writing about more recently too, is that every interaction I had with them had to be valuable, had to deliver value to them, had to move them forward in their buying process. And you just couldn't afford to screw up. You had to bring your A game every single time. And now again, I think we see, especially with some of the metrics driven processes is, is people are way more careless about, about this idea of what the value needs to be every time they interact with a prospect. I hear you, man. All right. So I'm going to wrap this up with some of the things that that I learned from this podcast. I always love to take a ton of notes. And, sure, and, sure. and then I would love for you to share one challenge for everybody who's listening to the podcast as to what can they do tomorrow to take mm-hmm. some, all right? So a few things I learned. Number one, uh, like this is something I was, li- I, you are a prolific uh, writer on, on LinkedIn. I think something recently you, you wrote, I think just a couple of days ago was, Selling doesn't start until you ask a question. And I feel like that just made me think so much like, yeah, we're not asking questions. We're just waiting. It's not going to happen. The other one was people over process. Let's not over optimize on the process that we lose the concept of that everyone is unique and everyone has a different skill set. We have people in our own sales team at, Mar- at Terminus 
where some of them are great on videos and, and they are getting great results on videos. Mm -hmm. Some of them are horrible, like totally horrible on videos. Like they just never want to be on a video camera. Right. But great at emails. So if you were to like completely say, oh, the videos work, let's all do videos, they, they, they're going to lose. They're going to fail. So right. let's over process engineer it. Let's make sure there's a balance there and we take choose people over process. Uh, you made another great point that I, I think about it every day. I think is how do you get one person better? And regardless of your marketing sales, the difference between winning and losing could literally be 1%. And mm -hmm. what is that edge for you? So that was pretty cool. You talked about data and that's something that we talk on Flip My Funnel quite a bit. You said that data is used for coaching, mentoring, what is it should really be used to figure out how can you help your either customer or, or whoever you're actually coaching, how can you help them? Instead of really diving deep into that one particular deal, really figure out how you can truly help them. Just not look at the numbers and say, well, you need to be doing more calls. It's right. really, how can I personally right. help you? And then the final one that really, I'm, I'm going to do some thinking on this. You're so right. The whole idea of like 3X and 5X, I thought that was standard to, to have a 3X or 5X pipeline. I never thought, and you made it this point, like, look, you had 1.5X and you knew who you're closing and you have very good, so you know exactly what that meant. So having a 1.5X pipeline was great. Today, mm -hmm. 3X is, I think, less than average and 5X is like the average right now. It's like, you have to have 5X pipe. Right. Just mean we're putting so much shit down the whole process that that's, that's what driving this, this yeah, is one X or five X is a big idea. Yeah. 5X guarantees you're going to close one in five. I mean, it's like, it's nuts. <laughs> Why are you spending all that time? That is crazy. All right. What is the one challenge you want to share with everybody? Well, I think the, the, the one challenge is how do you make sure that every time you interact with a prospect that you're helping them make progress toward making a decision? And this is really the challenge for salespeople is, you know, your customers are busy. We know this, this is, you know, sort of a standard trope that everybody's, you know, busy and running on crazy busy and don't have time to talk to salespeople. Well, if, if that is the case, and, and I'll argue it's always been the case. It's not any different now than it was 20 years ago or 40 years ago. People right. are busy and, you know, talking to a salesperson is never high on their list. So how do you ensure, what steps are you going to take to ensure that every time you interact with someone, you have a sales action, that the net result is the customer leaves it some degree closer to making a decision than they were before you got there. And if you've done that, then by definition, you've created value for them. You've delivered something of value for them to help them. And, you know, it's, it's a fairly low bar, but what it requires is that you be very deliberate about how you sell. You have to be very thoughtful is that, you know, you have very few opportunities to interact meaningful, interact in a meaningful way with prospects. So what are you going to do with that? And if you don't have an answer to that question, if you don't know before what, what it is you're going to deliver to them that's valuable and what they're going to do as a result of having received that value, don't do anything. Wait yeah. till you know. And you made me think, like, I'm, my brain is still thinking through the 1.5 versus 5X pipeline. <laughs> I think it all boils down to the challenge you just gave everybody. So I'm going to do some deep thinking on it. So Andy, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for sharing so much wisdom. Great to talk to you as always. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.